All right, Jonathan, welcome back to another one. Rory, how's things? Yeah, all good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, good, good, good. Keep them very well. Great. Um, so obviously last week in markets, bit of a quiet week in terms of data. And then obviously this week, um, start of the week's very quiet. But before we really jump into it, obviously the end of at the end of this week, we're recording here on Tuesday. It's gonna be quite busy. Um, seeing things like you know, the US inflation rate coming out, then Thursday with the ECB, and then especially going into next week, you know, we've um also got the FOMC. So quite a lot coming up. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's kind of due at this stage. We're sitting kind of looking at sideways, we're looking moving markets, and obviously we need some data to get some impetus into the into the market. So um you know, looking at a couple of different markets. Look, I mean, today we've had a bit of movement in European indices. Um, especially DAX. I mean, we've seen a pretty pretty big fall off on DAX. What's your what's your view on that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was just going to come down to where it was really. Um, I was kind of expecting it. We've seen you know German sales uh, obviously coming in that bit lower. Or sorry, German prices coming in that bit lower too. Um, I think a lot of that's people were probably expecting the opposite of now the ECB aren't going to hike, but I think there is still potential in the cards, you know, for them to go one more hike. And I think that sort of fear in the markets is also there. And then obviously we've got the fear in the markets as well that the Fed might go one more as well. So I think there's just a bit of um, kind of unknown really in the markets at the minute rather than anything else. I think that's what's driving markets a bit lower. Sure. Yeah, agreed. Um, obviously, we today we had some data out, obviously claimant count, mm-hmm. you know, didn't really do a whole lot, um, you know, even with a bit of a miss there as well. I mean, it's just it's just not market moving data really. Yeah, I mean, the only thing really this morning, uh, obviously this is Tuesday, was kind of looking at um, UK unemployment. So unemployment uh, went up went up slightly. Um, and then we also seen that uh, wages just stayed still, but obviously it's quite a high rate, over 7.9%. So quite an advance in them. And just from that, really, you know, we're seeing uh, pound being a bit weaker on it. FTSE also just really uh, moving up a bit off that weaker pound. But again, that sort of cable now moving down to around that key level of sort of 124, 20, 124. Think that's going to be the next um, key level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I suppose the big talking point is Dixie, really. I mean, and because you know, when we see moves in Dixie, we see moves in everything else. So I mean, like, really, we we saw that kind of one hundred five level hit as expected. Um, yeah. we've seen a bit of a drop off from there, but I still predict further movement to the upside. Um, I really do. I just don't see. I I, I see this being a slight profit taking but really investors are holding on to dollars as simple as that they're just not moving away from it no i i think you're right i mean when it whenever it hit the 105 there was always going to be stops there there was always going to be people getting out there was always going to be the short sellers as well getting in and i mean it needed a bit of a breather you know dollars been rallying from what middle of july the whole way up so it was always going to get a breather um surely like the amount of good data coming out of the the us is really what's pushing that that stronger dollar right yeah and i mean now just in anticipation of the effort you know we've obviously inflation this week cpi on third on tomorrow and then next week we obviously have fomc so two big data points is there as well coming out so i think markets are just anticipating that waiting i mean we couldn't ever expect price and dixie to get above 105 without those two um data points coming out so it'll probably hover really i would say between that sort of 10450 and 105 level it'll probably hover there until the first set of data comes out which is cpi and then from there, it'll either strongly reject off 105 or strongly get above and create some support. And then seeing when um, the FOMC comes out, depending on how hawkish or dovish that sort of meeting is, then it'll probably take off from there again. So I'm kind of looking nearly about 106, Jonathan, to 104 
um, potentially even 103, has been the the kind of upper and lower bounds of this week. Yeah, on the dollar, 100, 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I think I think any move outside of 105 or 104 is going to be kind of a determinant factor for the longer term range. And again, it's purely based on. Uh, economic data due out later on this week so it'd be interesting to see and obviously that's going to sway quite a lot of other trades um uh, i suppose looking at some of the crosses as well uh euro and pound are both kind of on key levels there at the moment mm-hmm. uh, and again i don't expect them to be going anywhere it's kind of that they're almost flatline at the moment really in terms of direction um obviously all investors waiting for for key data yeah, I, th- I think there as well with Euro, you know, I think Euro is going to come down to that 106, 105 level. The problem is that when it comes down to that level, there's always going to be the question of what next, you know, because the Fed are only going to hike for so long, unless we're in a completely, now this is just going off on a tangent, but unless we're in a completely different environment where rates are going to be a lot higher and for a lot longer, that's the only way I would ever see Euro breaking below that 104, 105 level. So I think whenever it comes to about 105, that'll probably be the bottom. So unless, and this is a big unless, unless the tides completely turn and, you know, the fundamentals are basically opposites. You know, so unless we keep going, which I, I don't think is going to be priced in and I don't think it's going to happen. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, Obviously, what's your take on the Bank of Japan, Japan's kind of announcement coming out? And, you know, what? obviously they're saying that could kind of slow down the dollar a bit, put a bit of pressure there. But do you see that really happening? I mean, you know, we spoke about this, what was it last week, two weeks ago, you know, I said they're going to wait obviously until price hits around 150 and then they're going to potentially look at, you know, coming in with a bit of easing and looking obviously to raise interest rates that bit higher and come out of negative yields. And the problem is, you know, I've seen a very interesting post and I'll kind of reiterate it here too, is that it's probably not going to make much of a difference, I don't think, to sort of US and European yields. You know, a lot of people think that Japanese investors are invested in US yields and and uh, European yields simply because of the difference that there is. But the problem that they have is obviously the cost of hedging that. And you see that the real return then on them is actually close to negative. And I think it is actually negative. So I don't think you're going to see any difference in terms of money flowing out of fixed income products in the US, therefore driving US yields lower and driving the dollar down. I think the only thing that it's going to do is potentially just allow dollar yen to maybe come down off that 150 level. You know, we've seen it happen there uh, kind of September, October 2022 when um, dollar yen was up above 150. What happened? We've seen the intervention from Bank of Japan and then it drove price all the way down to below 130 again. And now we're just coming up to retest those levels. So I think it's just a cycle thing rather than anything. Um, and of course, we'll see the intervention come the time. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, to the other side of that, obviously, looking at gold, um, Again, like, you know, it's one of those markets has been trading sideways since, what, five months or so, really kind of struggling for for direction. Obviously, again, my my personal preference is certainly to the downside in gold. Um, is that because you read my poster? Or just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, I read this post. It was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, no, that's just my honesty. Like, that's, that's look, at the end of the day, I, I, I'm a strong uh strongly bullish on 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 dollar and um i just i just feel like looking at longer time time zones obviously you can see that that, that, that it's it's very much a bear market at the moment has been for for a while i just think there's nothing really that the attraction of gold is kind of disappearing a bit um and i just don't see anything driving it again we may see 
obviously mining starting starting back is going to be you know maybe hold it a bit firmer but you know, mm-hmm. i just don't see a huge i don't see any re- real catalyst to, to 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 push it to the upside personally yeah I, I i don't see much there either i think you know in terms of a fair value for gold i think gold is already in the upper in the upper band of that if it did come back down to now 1800 I would sort of say I think it's maybe starting to be undervalued a bit more, yeah. but I think I think that fair value of gold at the minute is anywhere between eighteen hundred and two thousand and nineteen hundred where we are right now is just simply the median the, the middle of that. Yeah. So I don't I, I don't see any reason to be long on it. Fair enough, you could argue me. I don't see a reason to be short, but there is reasons to be short on it. So yeah, agreed. I think kind of eighteen kind of eighteen seventy two like seventy level there. It's, it's you know if we if we see anything drop below that that could open a door to further downside towards that kind of 1800 level but yeah i probably expect further sideways trading for now anyway exactly you know i i give out one of my sort of a bit of analysis there in the app during the week um you know sort of gold coming off that pivot point that sort of 50 moving average as well just obviously tie that in with a bit of a stronger dollar i mean a grip position there you know coming from that 1930 short we're now down to 1912 you know so there's nearly 20 pips there or 20 points sorry so a great move yeah yeah um, oil uh, sitting on some pretty strong resistance at the moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously that sort of where's it at around that eighty-eight dollars. Eighty-eight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's going to find some resistance in around there, of course. And I think now what oil needs is just another catalyst just to push it that bit higher. You know, the first thing we started seeing was the obviously the production cuts from Saudi Arabia and Russia, and obviously that was one of the big drivers that really. Um, drove price from low from the high 70s up to now the high 80s mm-hmm. and i think now it's just looking for that extra sort of demand we obviously see in positive data as well coming out from china which is helping just probably keep it floated up above there above those rates but i think it is just going to need jonathan a bit a few more catalysts um obviously this is seasonal work in russia sure. um for uh, oil production plants so obviously because of good weather and things like that they do a lot of um a lot of maintenance work and usually you can start to see taps turned off but it's going to see whether or not they're going to remain off for the winter it's going to be uh, one of the big catalysts and if they are going to be remained off for the winter we start to see potentially a bit of a, a more of a breakout in the war over there then that could start to push prices higher we're also then looking at demand as well you know a lot of people are thinking demand starting to dry up in the world obviously with prices starting to come down is then is the consumer starting to get hit a bit more but let's see if if demand actually starts to pick up or else um, production really gets cut, that's what we're going to be looking out for. So anything to do with oil, keep an eye out on OPEC. Yeah, I don't see any reliance on it dissipating anytime soon. Um, you know, if we do get that break at around 88, uh, my next key level is around that 93 level. Um, again, kind of going back to them, November 22 highs, uh, yep. potential there as well. Yeah, exactly. I think that I think that's going to be the main point of resistance. I think that's where we're going to end up. And when, when I don't think it's a statement of if if we get there, it's a question of when we get there. What's going to happen after that? I think that'll be the main point. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, let's take a look at some shares. Yep. Uh, any any points of contention or I mean any, any picks. I mean, one of one of the top ones yesterday certainly had to be Tesla. I mean, up over ten percent. You know, back over two hundred and seventy dollars sharing out, closing in again on three hundred. I mean, is it is it going to start to pick up from where it was? You know, because it was only at the start of this year. You know, the Tesla was back at a hundred dollars share, which was you know, <laughs> yeah. t- to some people crazy, given the fact that back in you know twenty twenty it was up as much as four hundred. You know, so one hundred twenty two percent this year since the start of this year. Yeah. So you know. You know, 
so crazy, crazy gains to be made there really on them. I mean, Morgan Stanley raised their their price target to four hundred. Yep. Um, so, so there you go. Um, there was they also recently come out with something um, as the development of the Dojo supercomputer. Yeah, uh, and they're looking that they could actually potentially this is obviously derived to to help the car manufacturer, but they're looking at you know healthcare potential, security, robotics, and so on. So this could open the door to to huge. Uh, other development within yeah. within other sectors as well. Yeah, and, and and the thing the thing is as well, you know, because obviously it's Elon Musk. Well, not people just never really know what he's what he's going to do. Obviously, the, you know, he's got a lot of potential and he's got a lot of money behind him and a lot of backing. And, and you know, there's some people who are invested into Tesla not because of the car but because of Elon, and that's usually one of the main things: invest in the company for the person behind it, not for the company itself. You know, and as you said about the supercomputer, if that then starts to drive in under the Tesla name and, and then Twitter starts to go in under Tesla and this maybe all merges into one huge big company, you know, then obviously the future should have implied um, value of this company obviously could be a lot higher than what it currently is. So, sure. I mean, previous podcasts that we've done, you know, I'd always ask you, you know, what are the facets behind your decision making process and mm-hmm. never really, obviously, because you're not as big into blue chip um but you know so the the owners wouldn't be as a big a driver for you but people yeah. who are into blue chip stocks it's all about the owner you yeah. know it's all about their visions their their you know their, their their visions and if they've got the follow through i mean he just keeps repeating time after time like how he can basically turn you know anything into gold mm-hmm. and it's it's working and it, you know i, I think he's he, I, I just don't see how you can back against them. Exactly. It, it would be hard to back against them. You know, if if you look at every other sort of blue chip name that was, you know, that was kind of out there, you look at Google, you know, obviously uh, Allison, he was obviously very strong, pushed it. Um, Apple, Steve Jobs, you know, he pushed it. Obviously Tesla was Elon Musk, Berkshire Hathaway is Warren Buffett. You know, these are all people that you're investing in. when it comes to other companies down there, you know, well, let's just say on this, but CEOs don't really change with those companies too often. You know, Amazon was Jeff Bezos for years. He only retired, was it was it last year he stepped down as CEO? You know, yeah. whenever the company got that certain stage. But with the sort of companies that I would look at more in the mid-cap space, you know, CEOs might change every five to 10 years. They're not really, they might be there for a turnaround story, Jonathan, but they're, they're certainly not worth investing in the CEO. Yes, you could say I am investing in the CEO because I'm thinking of a turnaround story, but it's not something we're going to say that they're going to bring this company from a you know 13 billion valuation up to maybe a 300 billion valuation. You know, they're certainly not going to do that. You know. Sure. Um obviously next week's podcast will be a you know very different because we'll have some actually market moving, you know, data this week that we can actually discuss and actually start to predict the longer term you know future of of some some pairs and and obviously some other asset classes as well so i think obviously it's it's we can't really talk too much about things that aren't happening at the moment but for sure next week i believe you know we should have some decent insights into to, to you know certain markets that we're looking at yeah i mean obviously you know you know us jonathan we're always very speculative in the markets and things like that but at the minute it's very very difficult to to have any sort of opinion because Obviously, with the data coming out tomorrow, inflation, that could change everything. And then the data coming out, the FOMC as well, could even change things further. So in the space of less than a week, you know, your bias could completely change. And that could be for the next year or even 18 months. You before, know, so- we do, before we do close it off, Rory, maybe you could just give a small bit of information as to 
you know, what could potentially happen off the back of these announcements? Yeah, well, I mean, it could have on the markets. Yeah, well, I mean, we're looking at kind of inf inflation rates. Obviously, tomorrow's the big one. Uh, the previous number for the US was uh, 3.2. We're kind of expecting somewhere around 3.5 or 3.6. So we are expecting a bit of a tick up again. And, you know, we did actually bottom out at three uh, back in June, then 3.2% 3 in July. And now we're expecting to take up back up to 3.5, 3.6% in August. So if we do see those numbers coming out, obviously they're going to be priced into the market. But I think what that's going to do is just reaffirm the kind of hawkish stance that the FOMC are going to need and probably just kind of keep dollar firmer. So it's probably going to be enough to bring dollar back up to 105 again. If we see those numbers, Jonathan, coming in a lot lower than expected, especially a lot lower than last month, so if it comes in at 3.2 or 3.1, or even a bit lower than what's expected, then we're probably going to start to see a very hot, a very dovish stance um, coming out. So we're going to see a weak dollar, we're going to see strong equities, uh, we're potentially maybe even going to see oil markets as well react from that, and potentially even then a bit of a, a rally in gold from the cheaper dollar. Um, obviously, if, if it does come out a lot hotter than expected, which is probably going to be unusual, but let's just say it comes out at 3.7%, 3.8%, that's obviously going to be very, very hawkish. So we're going to see dollar rally, we're going to see stocks go down, uh, we're going to see yields move up quite sharp, and any sort of dollar cross is obviously going to suffer from that. But one thing to look at as well, into the next meeting, what we're going to see into the FOMC, which is nine days time. We're also then going to start to see them um, coming out with hawkish regards saying that the job certainly isn't over and that we have to be very careful because this would then be the second month in a row where we've seen higher than expected. So I think that's it, it's going to be very interesting uh, to see. Uh, the data coming out on CPI tomorrow is probably going to give a good indication of what the Fed might say. But I think ultimately what the Fed says is probably going to be the most impactful news uh, because we know that there's some participants in the Fed that think the job's nearly over and there's some participants thinking that the job certainly isn't over. So I think it's trying to find the balance now of really where they are. Do you think rising interest rates? It, it, I mean, it could be there. I think, to be honest, there's one left. I think I think we could go from 550 to 575. We're currently at you know, five currently at 525 to 550. So I think it'll go from 550 to 575. And after that, I think that'll be it. I, I don't think yeah. it'll go any higher unless things do start to change, unless we do start to see inflation moving up even higher. But then again, Jonathan, when you start to move rates up that high, something's going to break in the economy. That's the only problem. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's going to be a balancing act. You know, I think two months ago we we talked about a soft landing and how it was looking very very likely. I think not. I think now we're very very close to the ground, but there's a bit of turbulence coming. So yeah, yeah, agreed. Well said. Yeah. Um, I think we should leave it on that. That was, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Uh, I think look key for us, I suppose, when doing these podcasts is to try to give people certain insights into you know what effects these these data announcements will have. Um, and again, like I say, next week it should be a good one because we'll have a bit more of an idea of yeah the directional uh direction that the markets will be taking yeah exactly and you know we'll, we'll be covering all this stuff in the app as well putting up live posts and everything so you know if you're not in the app make sure you get in and join and see you all there 100 cheers rory thanks, thanks very much cheers. take care mate